At Christmas of warmth, happiness, and celebration, I ask myself in front of my reflection, against worries and every life's attack, what is the joy in this messy heart? What am I really chasing? What I really want? What is my heart and for what my faith stands? I do like trees, the lights, the ornaments, but my faith cannot be filled with pretty things and advertisement. I want to satisfy my desire with all kinds of wealth, and yet I know that all of it will melt as a snowman. But there is a still joy. I have hope because the king came to save my soul. It is not on wealthy presents or in anything else. It is on Christ and Christ alone where this joy rests. Praise him. Surrender your heart, I beg. Seek your joy in him, Jesus, and nowhere else. Amen. I hope God used this poem today to give us a requirement. Discern the heart. How is your heart? To discern the heart, we have a beautiful passage today of the Bible. And we will try not to talk so much about the birth or the incredibleness of the incarnation. Because let me tell you something. I have spent too much time with this man, with Pastor Dixon. And we were talking about the sermon, and I was, okay, Pastor, I have the sermon. I've been praying, and I'm going to preach about Luke chapter 2. And he was like, I'm going to preach about Luke chapter 2 next week. So, okay, we have a problem. We have spent too much time together at seminary. That's my conclusion. But I think also the the Holy Spirit was guiding us, so we split up the the chapter. And we are focusing today in the character of Simeon, this righteous and devout man who had a heart that was in the right place with God. So... His heart, the the incredibleness of this is that his heart was perfectly prepared to receive the Messiah when it happened. Now, we are moving towards Christmas, but is our heart ready to receive the Savior? I hope it is. So let's please ask the Lord in this morning to reveal us how our hearts are. God, please, you know... Preaching in English is never easy for me, (laughs) but I ask you for mercy and that you open our hearts today to listen to your word and that you reveal what changes are needed and the disposition that we all need to take for you. In your name, amen. Amen. So what was in the heart of Simeon the righteous that was preparing him to receive the Messiah properly? In the first place, his heart was in the right place at the right time. Verses 22 until 27 says, And when the time came for the purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves, or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came, the Spirit, into the temple. We're reading 
just until, until that point. And first of all, we see that Mary and Joseph went with Jesus to the temple. The reason was, of course, that our Lord Jesus was righteous in everything, and he pleased God in everything from the moment of his birth. And also, they have to comply with the Old Testament law. The Jews, as God's people, needed to live in a certain way. So they were there to offer a sacrifice, because when a firstborn was born, if the family was wealthy, wealthy, sorry, a lamb was sacrificed. But our Lord came humbly to the world, so for him the sacrifice of the poor had to be offered. A couple of turtle doves or two pigeons. But anyway, God was about to glorify him. So this was not the consecration of any ordinary child. God, through the Holy Spirit, has sent a righteous and devout man to wait for the child there and for glorify him. That man was Simeon. And Simeon was a very special man. We have this prejudice about the Jews were some religious bad people, but Simeon is the kind of man, kind of person that we would want to be. He was on the same page as God. He was listening to his will, and more important, he was doing it. He was in the right place at the right moment. In fact, this was the most important moment in the life of Simeon. He was able to see what Israel was looking for for many years. The Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, the incarnation of God himself in the flesh. And this man was there in the right moment and was able to see it. Why? What is the secret? Well, the secret is that Simeon had the Holy Spirit. He was one of the few filled with the Holy Spirit before the work on the cross and Pentecost. Because you know, in the Old Covenant, not all have the Holy Spirit. It was a privilege for some special few. And Simeon was one of those special few. He had the Holy Spirit of God in him. So the secret is that the Holy Spirit was leading him to the right place at the right moment. It was not until Jesus' work on the cross that all believers will receive the Holy Spirit when they believe. As the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16, it says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, that he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and bear witness that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. The truth is that we are very privileged, my, my brothers and sisters, because we have believed in the Lord Jesus, after the, after the arrival of the Holy Spirit, and we receive the Holy Spirit directly. It's a, it's a privilege. If you have belief in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross, and that he was resurrected from the death, you have received the Holy Spirit. And now he's going to help you to live in the way God wants you to. 
But I have discovered that we don't use this privilege as we should. We have not listened to the Holy Spirit as much as we should. We have became the Holy Spirit in a muted radio in the distant cousin. I have sometimes found myself living as a Christian without direction, living in autopilot. Do you know why do you live as you do? Many people doesn't. I have discovered many people doesn't. But Simeon was able to be in the right place at the right, at the right time because he was listening to the Holy Spirit. Simeon was able to properly receive the Savior into his heart because he was aligning himself with God's will. So he was walking the same way. We really need to stop and listen to the Holy Spirit again. Do you want to be in the places that God wants you to do? Or do you have your own schedule? We really need to ask that to ourselves in some point. Do you want to be a part of God's plans? Or do you think you have a better plan? Sometimes I did think so. I was wrong. How much of our lives would be different today if we stopped and listened to the Holy Spirit? Would you be living as you are doing? Of course, this is not a sermon about the Holy Spirit, but, and I cannot expand further on the topic. But why don't we have more sermons about the Holy Spirit? We should. Anyway, uh, sorry, <laughs> I forgot about the <laughs> PowerPoint. <laughs> I have all my attention on the English part. So, are you in the place where God wants you to be at the moment? And let me give you this quick tip to just listen to the Holy Spirit if you have never learned how. First of all, first of all, be intentional. We have mistakenly believe that the spiritual things comes from improvisation. That is a lie from the devil, <laughs> let me tell you. In that way, you are just saying that you are not disciplined yourself to be intentional with God. If you wait until you have a commiserable desire of reading the Bible to read it, you're going to read the Bible twice in your life. For real. So you need to be intentional. You need to take some time to look for God's will. Second, you need to use your Bible because they work together, you know. Once I was in a youth group when I became a believer and a man told me something that is going to be with me for the rest of my life. He told me, it looked as if we Christians had went to a congress or a retire and had desire that we will split the blessings of God. So Baptist people took the Bible and Pentecostals took the spirit and we don't serve them. But we need both to be right. We need both working together to be as, as mature as we should. So actually, they work together because the Holy Spirit inspired the Bible. And the Holy Spirit is not going to tell you something that is against the Word of God. Because He inspired it. And He's not contradicting Himself. 
So you need the Holy Spirit working with your Bible. Third, learn with practice and error. Sometimes you will believe that God is telling you something by the Holy Spirit. And you will not be sure. Well, that's okay. You have to try. I mean, if it doesn't contradict the Word of God, and you think that God is telling you to do so, and you are praying, why not try? Once, I was feeling from the Holy Spirit that I had to go to the street, um, give some blankets, um, a warm beverage or something, to a man that was sleeping in the, in the street. And I was there, I went, and I... I talked to him about Jesus, but he doesn't convert. He didn't. He didn't convert. Was, was, I, was, was I wrong? Was God really telling me so, or I was mistaken? What doesn't care? I blessed my neighbor. And most of the things would be like something like that. What doesn't care? You are doing good. You are trying to pursue God's will. Always that you are, of course, <laughs> comparing with your Bible. But if you make a mistake and it has worse results, well, you will learn what God is not telling you for the next time. And sometimes we have to learn like that. Practice and error. And fourth, ask daily, what do you want from me today? I have learned this as a personal tool for, for growth men, for growth. <laughs> if you stop every day with your Bible praying and you stop and are silent, just trying to, to listen to God and asking, what do you want for me today? And you stop and you listen to God. You will be amazed. Some things will start to change in your life. It really works. So, you need to be on communion with the Holy Spirit. Don't miss your opportunity to be part of God's plan. Simeon only appears one, once in the Bible. On this gospel, in Luke. He's not in any, in any place else. And probably he appears in the Bible because he was in the right place at the right moment. If, I don't know, if he had that day a harder desire to go to the gym, he would have missed the most important thing in his life. And it can happen the same to us. So you don't want to miss that. Do you believe that God has greater than you? Then allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. Don't miss your opportunity to be a part of God's plan. So first point, we need a heart, a Simeon, that is guided by the Holy Spirit to be in the right place at the right moment. And second, we need a heart that is focused on the highest priority. Verses 27 and 32 says this, And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, of the law he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelations to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. In this section, worship 
and priorities go together. Simeon is so excited that he took, he took the, the child from his parents' arms without asking permission, and he starts to bless God. He's so happy. The reason of his worship, of his worship is that his ultimate desire in life has been accomplished. In the previous portion, we saw that it had been revealed to him that he would not die without seeing the Christ, the Messiah. So now, his joy is such that he says, okay, Lord, now I can depart on peace. Of course, this doesn't mean that Simeon doesn't, didn't desire to leave. It's just that He's saying that if he dies today, it's okay. Because the most important thing in his life has been accomplished. That, that is why this blessing is called in the Latin tradition, non dimitis. Now, Lord, you let depart. I have the most important thing for me. I don't need anything else. It doesn't mean those are not good things. They could be. Um, I can be blessed by God with them. But the most important thing, I already have it. I don't need anything else. This demonstrates what is in the heart of Simeon and what is his priority scale. Do you have a priority scale? Do you have a top five? Let me tell you mine. God, family, Star Wars, church, <laughs> friends. I'm joking, of course. If you know me well, you know I don't like Star Wars so much. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a harder question. Could you die today satisfied? If you die today, are you satisfied? Do you have the most important thing? Do you have the Christ? Do you have your salvation? Do you have that for what humanity was waiting for years? Is that in your heart? Then, Lord, let yourself depart, but in your time. <laughs> what I try to say is that Simeon lived not for his own plan. I'm not saying that he didn't have his little life projects and some dreams, that's okay. He should have, we should. But what I am saying is that he did not live for his own plan. He was living for God's plan. And we need to learn from that heart today. I, I believe that Christmas has an element of confrontation that we have often overlooked. I mean, Israel was eager to receive that Messiah. They were waiting anxious because they felt oppressed. They felt lost without God. They needed the help. So for them, the incarnation, the Lord coming to the world, was not a beautiful custom with presents. It was something that it was not happening yet. They were waiting. So... Simeon has a, ah, the word in English went out of me, had a heart that was waiting, looking forward 
anxious for this salvation. And when we came to Christmas, we should have the same heart. We should understand there is not just something happening every year. We are celebrating. We are taking a conscious mind of the miracle of Lord of the Lord being flesh. So none of us would say, I've already bought all the gifts. I can die peacefully now. And none of us would say, I've already attended to all church events, so I can die in peace now. None of us would say that. We would be crazy if we do. But if we die today and we have known the Messiah, we could say, yeah, Lord, yeah, I can die peacefully today. So what I'm saying is that if we had a scale, and on one side it was our salvation and Jesus Christ, and in the other, all the things we love, a car, a beautiful house, whatever. The one in which we have placed Jesus on should be the one who over outweighed the other. Our hearts should be that way. So I confess that Christmas has a confrontational element for me because it makes me wonder what are my priorities, where my heart stands. So like Simeon, we should ask for heart focused on the highest priority. Third, we need a heart that is discerned by God. Discern the heart. We need to discern the heart. In the last verses, it says, And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts might be rebuilt. Thirdly, Simeon, who had not only taken the child from, his, from their parents' arms without asking permission, now starts to worship and prophesy, and prophesy. How would you feel? Is someone that you don't know can take your children from your own arms and start to worship and prophesy? I can understand why we don't have many sermons about Simeon. But what do we find in this prophecy? As you can see, the heart plays a very important role. In verse 19, just before speaking of Simeon, it was said that Mary treasured up all these things in her heart and reflected on them. And now Simeon also warns her that a sword will pierce her heart. Simeon, of course, is, refer- is referring to the pain that she will suffer when this Messiah grows up, um, be crucified, and die to save humanity. As a mother, of course, her heart will be broken. Also, a good friend of mine reminded me that she was a Jew, too, and she needed to be confronting 
on her own perspective of the Messiah. So, this prophecy is based on the difference that this child will make in people's life. Let me tell you, the final teaching is this. The suffering of the Messiah will serve to reveal the thoughts from many hearts. This went away. So it will divide them in two groups. According to the answer that someone gives to this child, if you are ready to receive the Christ or not, you will be in some of these groups. Those who fall and those who are lifted up. Those who fall. Those who fall. There were many Jews there that believed in God. Yeah, they did. But when the Messiah came and they see how the plan, what the plan looks like, they don't like it. So they said, I don't want to receive this Christ. This is not the Savior that I had on my mind. I thought something different. And actually, Jews were waiting for a military messiah, for a political messiah, someone powerful who, who would save them by the arms, by the, by the weapons. But this is a suffering messiah, something very different that they expected. And nowadays, it's not very different. Maybe you have a perspective, an idea, about how salvation should be, about this Messiah. And some people is not ready to receive Christ because Christ is not as their standards. They will, they will not receive someone that they don't want to. I mean, for those people, whether they know it or not, by denying Jesus Christ, they are denying God's plan. But I have learned this. Some people is not accepting Jesus because there is no proof or because it is not reasonable. It's just because they don't want. So they will not enter the kingdom or the salvation of God. They will not have eternal life and they will not be a part of God's plan. And then those who are lifted up. For those who receive Christ in their hearts and surrender to him, we find a promise that they will be lifted up. That's, of course, taking closer to God who is in the high. So it means salvation, of course. Jesus was not only, you know, born, but also died on a cross for us. Sin, death, and the devil was what separated us from God. So Jesus in the cross defeated them. As he has defeated sin, we can be forgiven. As he has defeated death, we have eternal life. As he has defeated the devil, we are set free. So the second kind of peoples are those who are lifted up. They will be people who will have to be where the Spirit wants them, Instead of the places they want to be. And they will be people who will have to leave their project behind. But they will be a part of God's plan. 
and they will be amazed by what God has prepared. Which one of them would you like to be? One of the ones that fall or one of the ones that are lifted, lifted up? No one can deny that Jesus existed. It's an historical fact. And sometimes we argue with people about demonstrable data. And I mean, data has its place. But I have learned that believing comes by, by hearing and by faith. And sometimes we are arguing about demonstrable data, but the people doesn't want to receive the, the Lord because the heart is not disposed. So maybe the reason, the logic is working up, but the heart is not disposed. So nothing will happen. Even as a Christians, you would be surprised. It's so easy for us to start living in autopilot and make our own project. And yeah, we live with God, but if we are honest, not very close to Him. We have our salvation, but we are not re rejoicing. Rejoicing? Re that. <laughs> in our salvation. So this prophecy, this prophecy is challenging because Jesus represents a dividing line that separates humanity. And you have to choose on, what, on which side you want to be. You have to choose. God doesn't obligate anybody. However, it's not that Jesus wants them to be lost. The scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 until 5, For this... Is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to the full knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and also one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. But we have to choose. We have to choose, brothers and sisters. The decision is ours to make. So, that's why it's so important to discern the heart. Our heart is leading us. Many times, not our reason, not our life project in 10 years from now. No, our heart is working every day. So you need to discern the heart. That's why the psalmist says in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And let me in the way everlasting. We need that. We need that kind of disposition. So I think Christmas is the appropriate time to do that. To discern the heart. To think, okay, it's not just that, yeah, Jesus was born. No, no, no. We need to, to discern how is my heart to receive the Messiah as Simeon was, was ready for that. So, in conclusion... Uh, don't just go towards Christmas without discerning how important this is that this, is that this child has come into the world. Please, it's a loving request. I do this request to myself. I make this request to myself. Discern the heart. Choose to be a part of God's plans and not just yours. 
And I have some questions for us to think about. Are you in the place that God wants you at the time God wants you? If not, ask, ask the Spirit of God to help guide you. Are you focused on what is most important? If not, ask God to help you to learn from Simeon and give the priority to God's plan and not your own project or your own person. Better to pursue the person of Jesus Christ. Um, do you already know where your heart has been positioned? Do not hesitate. In the middle of that line that divides humanity between those who receive Jesus and those who not, choose to be lifted up. That is your decision to make this morning, not mine, but the, well, mine too, of course, but you, you know, I cannot do it for you. <laughs> so, but the truth anyway is that both those who believe and those who not will be determined in all their life by the undeniable event of this child coming to the world. That's a reality. So therefore, Discern your heart so you can say with joy as Simeon, I praise you, God, because my eyes have seen your salvation. 